Hi everyone, welcome back to Find Things. I'm Angie Azalaitis and I'm your host. Really excited today to be talking, to continuing to talk about leadership. That's been our theme for the month of March. And really hope that whether you consider yourself a leader or not, you'll kind of stick around um, because we're gonna have a great conversation um, today regarding leadership in general um, with someone who I consider a very wise woman. Um, and a very wise leader. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce you to our guest today. I'm particularly joyful about this. Um, Dr. Ella, as I call her, or more formally, Dr. Ella McElwee. I'm trying to say her name correctly because that's important to me with a last name like Yazilitis. Um, gonna give her a little bit of a formal introduction here today. She began her basic health education in nursing and afterwards, she studied in Europe, advancing into fields of nutrition. She was actually the director of the formerly known Health Resources Limited, which is a nutritional counseling center in Manaheim, PA, from 1971 to 1985, so a long time. Um, she's got a degree in naturopathy and homeopathy, and she also has a PhD in natural sciences. So Ella has obtained numerous certifications in a wide variety of health topics, which she expands each year because that truly is a mission and a passion of hers to keep up with new protocols and technology. Ella has been in the clinical field of nutrition for over 30 years. She has served as a nutritional counselor to many in holistic healthcare. And she actually has developed numerous formulations for supplementation of various conditions, which maybe we'll have her back on another month to talk about. Um, many of which are widely used throughout the United States and Canada. So since we're talking about leadership as a leader, well, Ella has been leading teams for 30 years. Um, she is the founder and president of Health by Choice, Inc., which um, is also in Manaheim. And she currently serves as president of a nonprofit organization called Health by Choice Education and Research. And that provides educational sessions um, and research, but Right now, really excited about the educational sessions they're providing on integrative healthcare each month in Altoona, PA, and in Lancaster, PA. So maybe we'll talk a little bit more on that later. But welcome, Ella, please come in. So joyful to have you with me. Joyful. Happy to be here. Oh, Happy me to too. Be here. Have a seat, get comfortable. Sure. So Ella brought lots of good stuff with her. Um, which I'm really pleased about. Doesn't always happen, so that's a good oh. thing. Uh, that's a good thing. So, as I told you, this month on our Find Things vlog, we're really we've been focusing on leadership. So, um, we talked about intention-based leadership a little bit ago. We're talking about um, a little bit later this month. We're talking about cross-team collaboration with a client about how to get teams to collaborate together. Um, so one of the things I really wanted to start off with you, because obviously you're an expert in wellness and nutrition, <laughs> is I truly believe that there's a connection between our health and our wellness um, and being a good leader. Do you, do you feel that? Certainly. Can you talk about that? There's no way that you could have wellness because wellness is beyond healthy. Health is merely the absence of disease. Okay. Wellness is another step. 
So whenever we measure at Health by Choice, when we measure wellness, we try and teach the client that we are not here to replace medicine or conventional medicine, but rather to go and look at where they're at on that path of wellness. Okay. And because we're always measuring against that. In today's world, in conventional medicine, we seem to do things like fight disease, uh, yeah. fight a virus, fight or uh, try to get rid of something. We would rather teach people instead of fighting it, right. why don't we help the person to that wellness state so we don't need to fight it. The body's immune system will take care of itself. Okay. Wellness is pretty cool. So do you feel like when a person is in that state of wellness or, or is at least trying to address where they're at that, that if they're not, it impacts them as a leader? For sure, because the thing is the motivation factor of a leader certainly has to be in a state of wellness in order to be the leader, okay. to a degree at least. Mm -hmm. uh, I would not want to uh, take away from a person who is having a problem at that time, but to be an optimal leader, you certainly are seeking out wellness as well. Okay. Because physical fitness and all that kind of thing goes with, because otherwise, how could you attain inspiration and that kind of thing if you weren't feeling in a state of wellness? Yeah, see, that makes sense. But you hit on a good point, which I hadn't even thought of. You know, we're not taking away from leaders who may be having a health issue. Right, for sure not. But what you're saying is that um, if they're really addressing their whole body, body and mind, that makes them a better leader, even when they're going through something with a health issue. Like that is a health correct. Issue. That is right. Yeah. And so that there are people who are excellent leaders who are having actually suffering from a major disease of some kind. Right. But it's how they look at the problem, how much ownership they take to the problem. Right. That makes all the difference as to whether that shadows their leadership abilities or not. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, really important point, I think, because I know even when I'm not feeling well, if I don't address it, it puts you in this place where your energy is not really there. Mm -hmm. For like, sure. You know what? It's like you it's in your brain. That. You're thinking about it all the time, but you're not addressing it. As soon as you address it, it's amazing how much better you feel. That is correct. And the other thing is, as soon as we decide that we're not to, going to claim ownership to the problem, okay, we're moving on beyond that. We're already seeing ourselves beyond okay, into wellness. You probably that have. makes a difference with how you perceive what's going on in your world. Okay. So I want to just touch on this a little bit further. Um, you know, I've gotten to know you, know you through the subject of integrative health care, mm -hmm. okay? And, you know, we're throwing all this stuff at leaders, and um, we have different viewers on the blog, so some of them are, you know, parents, which parents are leaders, right? That's right. Every one of us are. Every one of us is a leader. We are all leaders. That is correct. But I want, you know, we've given them a lot of tools, and sometimes it's overwhelming, um, and here you come bringing this other tool today, which is the idea, we're going to talk about lots of things, but the idea that wellness can be a leadership tool. Absolutely. Right? So where does somebody start? What would you tell one of our viewers if they're maybe not feeling their best self, they're not feeling well, but they're, they're you know, they've gone to the doctor, 
maybe they're on meds, maybe maybe nothing was found because I've had that happen, not feeling good, but they didn't find anything. What, where would you tell them to start embracing wellness? Start by going within, because without going within, you can't listen to what's actually happening in the body. Okay. Because remember that wellness, I said, was beyond healthy. When there is nothing in conventional medicine that shows as a diagnosis, okay. going within would only make sense because having a time of meditation or still time will actually often show you what the issue is if you listen. That is something that I had a client, gosh, 25 years ago, more than that, a client who came to me and said that I teach listening. And I said, wow, that's interesting. He said, did you ever stop to realize that most people don't listen? And that will enter because we need to listen from within. And as we listen from within, we're actually going to be shown what is the issue often. Okay. And now some of the science that's happening is understanding more about the gut and the brain mm-hmm. and that your mind is actually in your heart and that your brain is actually also in your stomach. Wow. Because you have your second brain there. You actually retaste food in your small intestine. But the point is this is that it's all of us. Mm-hmm. So when we are a leader, all of this is connected. All of this is very much functioning together. It's so amazing. to look at it all. Yeah, it's amazing. And then a whole other subject is that there are companies that are now starting to teach this to their employees too because they know that a business, an organization, a nonprofit is a well-oiled machine. For and sure. that if the leader does it, and then it trickles down to the employees that they can really reach an end goal more as a unit than... That is true. So I love that. That's a whole other topic, though, I think. Sure. So you, I wanted to ask this, you've run, run your own successful business for years, right? Yes. How many years? 40 years, actually. Wow. See, I didn't even get that right in her bio. <laughs> well, I did, because I said... Over 30. Yeah. Yes, that's fine. Um, but it just went made 40 in 2017. That's fantastic. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Um mm-hmm. But also, she's leading a nonprofit, um, Health by Choice Education Research, which you're the president this year. So mm-hmm. there's that leadership, which is a whole different dynamic. Wow, it sure is. <laughs> you know, what, what is the one piece of advice that you would give our young viewers about stepping into a leadership role? The big thing is, in stepping into a leadership role, my note would be, how great leaders inspire everyone to take action. Start with why. Awesome. Why do you want to do what you want to do? Why? What is the passion in you? Because without a passion, you're not going to get very far. So how passionate... My books are all scribbled up, sorry. I love it. But I do that too. Anyway, the big thing is having the understanding of how you can do... Why do you want to do this? The big thing is, if you understand the whys, you're going to be able to go and start. Because I think that, and I didn't ask you, 
whether you ever have used um, the law of attraction, mm -hmm. okay, and do you ever use their planner? I haven't used their planner, but we... Okay. Because Yaz is big on the law of attraction. This <laughs> is a whole dynamic that people need to understand because if they would repeat and understand the emotional vibrations, they would understand how they can get to because this is how you begin in leadership is being able to work in you as the whole idea so that, bless you, oh, so me. that if you are having such things as wanting to manifest, this can be for a housewife, this can be for a mom, this can be for a dad who's in a job that they say, well, it's a no-go job where we aren't going to matriculate to a much higher level in the job. That doesn't matter. You still have goals of what you'd like to do. So that have ways that you can write them down. This is an awesome book just because of the fact that it's written on paper that you can actually erase and then rewrite it again because there's no dates. That's so that you can actually... But anyway, the issue is find a way. You can go to lawofattraction.com and find that and even get some helps from there. But it isn't all about that you have to buy something else. It's a matter of what are you passionate about? I'm passionate about finding ways that we can educate the public to wellness mm -hmm. because wellness is something that everyone is attaining or searching for to some degree for sure. And in order to get there, you need to learn to know how to take responsibility for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the primary goals. Okay. To be able to teach people how to help themselves because this is where our world, I believe, needs to go. Okay. The healthcare is system is in a crisis of a type. And how do we change that? Mm -hmm. Leading right now ends up being learning to know how to care for yourself on all levels. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I often feel like when I think about your career that it's admirable that you've been in your state of path. Like you've, you're doing something you're very passionate about. It sounds like you've always been passionate about what you do. No. 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 I mean, you have to share that story because I, <laughs> because I think that you hit on a huge point when, when a young person and I've, I'm raising three sons and when, when they're asked in any way to step into a leadership role, one of the things I always say is like, "Do you are you really passionate? Can you really give of your best self? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's okay to say no. And I'm a big believer in always saying yes because it opens huge doors. Mm -hmm. But I also believe if there's something that you just can't stand behind or you're not passionate about, that it's hard to be true to your intention that you're putting out. For sure. Right? So I'd love to hear about how you got back to that place of intention and leadership if you well, weren't always ways, passionate about what you were no, doing. No, I wasn't. I was born and raised in a Mennonite home in uh, near Mannheim, Pennsylvania. And uh, I, because my parents did not believe in a higher education, Okay. and I always had this thing that I want to be a nurse. Okay. Okay. So... I did graduate from high school and went on to nurses training and uh, loved it. And I went to, uh, became selected for my class to, at St. Joseph's Hospital. It's not, it's not called that anymore. But anyway, I was selected for my class to work in ICU. 
Okay. And so I was really excited. And this was wonderful. Dated, got married. And then it was time for children. And I had five different miscarriages. Oh, my goodness. Five. And they were four months, three months, four months into the pregnancy. Well, my mother was into vitamins. And that's how sarcastic I was at that time because... After all, medicine is the answer for everything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, they have every answer. They have the research to back it up. So Adele Davis, who is known as the mother of nutrition, really, here in the United States, okay, she thought my mother was just this quaint little Mennonite lady who was just real sweet. She would come to our house at the farm and sit at the farm table, and she and mother would be talking about all kinds of health issues, and I would come home and... What do you mean? My mother doesn't know anything nutrition. She didn't go to college. She didn't know. What do you mean? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I got married, had these miscarriages, and Adele said, okay, Ella, I'm asking you, would you do me a favor and just take these vitamins? She had a list of things that I should take. Okay, I said, to shut you up, and I was that rude, to shut you up, I will take these for a period of months, at least three or four months, and we'll see if they do anything, but I don't believe it. Yes. Okay. Well, I went on to have three healthy kids. But the point is this, is that it was only after I opened up my own narrowness in thinking mm-hmm. to realize there is something more. Mm-hmm. And the school of life does teach you a lot. <laughs> yes, it, it does. It really <laughs> does. And the thing is that as you learn, then... I, we lived in Europe for five years, and we came back. Uh, I had gone to Walter Reed. That was a uh, hospital at that time during these times of these different miscarriages, and they said, you know, we have no idea why you're doing all this. Why is this happening to you? We don't know. Mm-hmm. So if nutrition was able to solve it, and it was something that was simple, mm-hmm. okay, then why aren't we solving other people's problems? So yes, I went from nursing then to school, back to school to learn to know more about natural medicine and the like. And my real passion is homeopathy because finding out that we don't need to fight disease, but rather find out what is the matching rhythm of a remedy to the person so that we can help their body to become much better. Well. And it is really exciting to realize the uniqueness of every single individual so that leadership is something that still comes back to what are you, what do you, why are you? My why was survival in the beginning. It was a matter of why do I want, I wanted a family. Mm -hmm. That was my, and then I realized, you know what, this goes so much further. Then I went on to meet uh, Dr. Kerry Reams. He, Kerry Reams was a chemist, and he was a soil chemist. Now, he came to my mom and dad's house, the farm, that is, mm-hmm. and he would do urine and saliva. And really? he would, yeah, and he would this tell people crazy. and see people, and they would be standing all the way out the lane. And I would come home and say, this is crazy. What do you mean from some pee and spit? You can actually tell the person's health and chemistry. 
and he was a big tall man and he had lost the vision in his one eye in the Korean War and he would say that's okay LMA someday you'll do what I do I said I will never do what you do <laughs> I will never do that because there's no science to really prove it I only operate on what has been proven by science well that's what I do today. <laughs> That's fantastic. So can I ask what, what year it was when he was doing urine and saliva? That was in the uh, 50s and the 60s. That's so crazy to me. <laughs> That's so crazy. Cause, and I only say that because, you know, the school of life as I've gotten into this. And, you know, I, it's like, I thought that was a more recent thing. So that's crazy to hear that it's been going on for No, uh, Adele Davis' issue was first, and then uh, Carrie Reams came to the house, and he was able, because Carrie Reams actually, he um, served time in prison in California for a per short period of time for practicing medicine without a license because he was so able to go and look at, because what he did in math, mathematics actually prove, validates any kind of science of anything. Okay. And so even math approves music, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. So he was in math able to take the body from the point of birth to the point of death to find a mean level by which would measure wellness. And that mathematical equation is what I use today because it actually is able to show me what's happening in the entire body. That's why I founded the uh, the nonprofit because I want to be able to set up a area where we could have many practitioners brought together mm -hmm. so that we could see the face of many forms of the healing arts and have many people uh, helped because not everybody needs just one thing not everybody needs just a vitamin right. and in today's world we're finding out that many more of us need to understand within on a spiritual level, on an intellectual level, and on a leadership level. Mm -hmm. Every one of these we need to learn to know more about. Yeah. Sorry. So powerful. No, don't be sorry. I mean, <laughs> I think it's going to be, at the end, people are wanna, going to want to go see Dr. Ella, because I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> but, um, you know, it also is important to leadership. It shows when you talk about it, you just... Uh, you just expand and glow and it shows your passion and I think that's the point we're trying to make too mm -hmm. is that you know um, we all know that there's times in your life where you have to do things you know you might have to take a job you have to do things but being able to go within and really create the life that is your life right right it takes a little bit of reflection my husband then was a captain in the army and he was in the medical corps and uh, so I really was itching to get back to work. And so when we went to Texas, when he we went to advanced training, uh, officer training, um, I went into a nursing home and um, was the head nurse of a nursing home for six months and decided that, you know what, this, I don't want this. This is mm -hmm. where I'm going because now this is way back in the, in the, this would have been 69. Okay. <laughs> so that this was when we didn't even prescribe as many drugs as what we do today for these mm -hmm. dear elderly people. So that, um, no, that's not where we want to go. We want to go to teach people how to help themselves. Awesome. Yes. 
So that takes us right into, um, I had asked Ella if there was a book. <laughs> is there a book? And she's like, are you kidding me? Is there, <laughs> is there a book or a teaching um, that motivated you as a leader? But let me just preface that to say, because one of the things we, we focus on at Find Things is that we want to give people the tools that enrich their life. So the definition of a fine thing is a person or a thing that enriches your life. So I kind of want to rephrase that, and I should have said that. You know, what are some tools that have enriched your life as a leader? Wow. Well, tools, I certainly have been very honored and privileged to be friends with uh, William Donald Kelly, uh, Dr. Carrie Reams, Dr. William Donald Kelly. These are people who enriched my life to help me to see the bigger picture. And that's the, big, that's the beginning. Understanding the bigger picture in the way of what a, whoever, because for each person it's going to be someone different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, sometimes yeah. it's just a parent. Sometimes it's just a very close friend that is a genuine friend that is able to have you face to face with what some of the obstacles, because sometimes we don't see the forest for the trees. And we need genuine friends that are able to say, look, are you looking at this part? Mm-hmm. That makes a difference. So mentor. Mentors, I, Dr. Henry Williams was a, um, he's passed now, but he was a medical doctor in Lancaster who certainly was my mentor with uh, homeopathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Carrie Reams, for sure. He called me his daughter for many years. Um, but the thing is, there are so many that we could think of as being, because I feel like we are in a school of life and we are continually on this path of learning so that many people along the way are just, we can also think of, when I think of other things that are happening, Zeth Godin, when we think of my books, all, again, all scribbled up, but what to do when it's your turn, and it's always your it's turn. It's a great one, I've read that. Because this is another way to realize that women uh, who were sometimes knocked down as leaders, and because of my background, and it's nothing against Mennonites, except that you were taught that you needed to stay back. You needed to walk behind. You need to... Yes. Uh, be the second person and and you were never the first you were never equal but anyway uh learning to know that life is a whole lot more than that in other words it really there really is a place so that women today uh in leadership women in understanding about equality rights and all Mm -hmm. that type of thing i'm just learning this that's that's a whole new world to me but i'm learning it through so Ella, you just got me into the next subject because I really want to pick your brain on this one. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, women in leadership, it's, it's such a huge topic. If you're on any social media channel, it's a heated topic. I to mean, be sure. It's, you know, a yes. huge debate. Um, some people say that women have come to a place of equality, in, you know, especially in leadership. Some women are very adamant about that. Um, some say no. You touched on this, you know, because there's still um, issues with pay and that we're not really equal. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned Mennonite because I don't know if I ever shared with you, but 
my all my relatives from Chambersburg, when I would go to my family reunion as a kid, half of our family were Mennonites. Oh, really? So we would play ball with the, the little girls in their dresses. and So it was Lancaster Conference Mennonites? Because that's a big deal. Uh, are you this conference? Are you this conference? I don't or know. I'll have to ask my mother to see if she knows, because <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Um, but I saw that difference in women. Obviously, there I was in my little halter top and shorts, and oh. my cousins were, you know, in their... To be sure. You know, there was a huge difference. So I, I want to talk about, so this is kind of a two-part question. So how do you see men and women as being different in, as leaders, or do you? That's part one. And then we're going to touch on, you know, the obstacles that you feel that women still face. Well, men and women, I believe, lead differently, yes. Mm -hmm. And there isn't one's right or one's wrong. It's just that there is a difference. Yes. I feel that women put something into it in their emotion mm -hmm. that really brings out a lot in people so that you're able to feel in your own way uh, what's happening with another person and that can be a big factor. The other thing is maybe it's my notion but my notion is that I think women push much harder. Mm -hmm. uh, I've we have um, Bedford Business and Professional Women Club here in Bedford, and uh, we have uh, a wonderful group of women that we'll need to get you to come speak there too sometime. Oh, I would love but, to. But uh, the I got drafted into uh, leading this group, and it has really been a learning experience in many many ways. And women need to get involved with these things. But I think, you know, you said about women lead differently and it's not better than men, which I truly feel too. And for me, it's kind of interesting because I first, like my first leadership roles outside of college um, started in the early 90s. So like 90, 91, mm -hmm. when I graduated from college. And it was a time when women were to lead at least my opinion of what I was taught, women were to lead more like men. So you yes. saw the women, and you probably Trying remember that, that, being very tough, being very mean to other women almost. Mm -hmm. I guess I can say that on here. <laughs> I did. But, you know, it was, it was very competitive, and I always felt intuitively that I should lead much more like I was as a mother. Oh my goodness, like, yes. I felt like if Absolutely. I could be the leader that I am as a mother, I would be a much stronger leader. That's true. And I was consequently brought into meetings where I would be asked to be the one to deliver bad news or be the one to help somebody if they had an obstacle. Mm -hmm. And it would be almost like, you have a way of, of um, delivering this, you know. Sure. That's, That's because you, you came know. with a tone of voice and with a compassion and an understanding, even if you were giving bad information. Yes. Okay? But it was a way that you were accepting that person for where they're at, but at the same time being firm as to what you need to tell them. Yeah. And women can do that beautifully, I feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that the mother role really does make a difference. <laughs> I really do. Because... Whether you're a mother or not. Whether you're a mother or not. have that. That's right. It's, it's in the female part of us. Absolutely. It is, for sure. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I also want to go back to, you know, this mentoring thing and get your closing thoughts on leadership as a whole because that's one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the blog because I am a big believer that whether somebody is 5, 10, 20, 30 years your senior, that we learn from the path of life that they've, oh my. like that journey. Yes. And I don't ever want to see the role of mentoring and leadership go away. I mean, we live in this technology world. We, you know, there's all of these online classes you can take on leadership. And, and they're, they're, you know, and they're great. They're mm-hmm. phenomenal. But to have that person that you can touch, that you can be with, that you can watch, even if you're just watching from afar, to mm-hmm. learn their leadership is so important. So I want you to share some of that knowledge from your heart with the viewers, like well, from <clears throat> about leadership. What what is? I thing? can't say that I am such a great leader. I let's say I fell into some of these roles because of what I want to see happen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that. It isn't because I continue to learn as well. Hmm. Because the Huge. more, the more. In fact, uh, this morning I took off another uh, thing from Dr. Tom Heath that sent to me. He went to a leadership conference in Florida just a couple weeks ago. But really, what would I say? I would say that organize yourself with priorities of what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. And that can be just in the home as well as it could be in your workplace. Mm-hmm. And go from there. Because if I want to start changing something, I want to sit and think about what it is that I want to do. I want to start out with why. Mm-hmm. Then what is it that I want to do? Where do I want to go with this? Start making a vision in my mind's eye. Then write it down, not for anybody to see, it's just for me. Yes. I'm going to write this out. What do I want to see? What do I want to see a year from now? What do I want to see five years from now? Where am I going with this? Okay. And that's how I need to start my planning as to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And it may not be a right or wrong way for someone else, but it's what works for me. Okay? Absolutely. But the big, I probably would have to say, One of the most important things to me is to be still, to just be still. Because I, so many times you have so many things running through your mind. You're thinking of all the things you're going to do for the day. You're thinking of all the um, things that you have to plan, whatever. But to be able to have that time set aside every day that you just be still. Now, whether you play the whole tones in the background or something like that, Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. That really is uh, something that really is very peaceful. But meditation is so important because that's when you're going to have some of these ideas to come up. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a goal of what you'd like to lead or what you would like to do, meditate. That's a great tip. One that I have to constantly remind myself and try to do. So I appreciate that you brought it back up because it's so important. I want to give um, Dr. Ella a little bit of a chance to talk about something that she's passionate about that 
I believe ties into leadership, and that's health by choice education and research. And the reason that I believe it, t- it ties into leadership is because I feel like here you are, and I, I'm privileged to be part of this board, um, providing this amazing education in Lancaster and Altoona mm-hmm. every month. It's free for a donation. And I would love to see that room filled with leaders on every level because it expands your mind to think about things. Mm-hmm. And um, research I did a couple years ago on leadership was that the more you expand your mind in anything, in any capacity, the more that it expands in ways you weren't thinking. So you could That's expand right. your mind on wellness and your life will expand in other areas. For sure. Because it's like this domino effect. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like this is a great tool. And here we are. Nobody knows about it. Well, people know about it. I and mean, people come every month, but not at the level that I envision it. No. So I'd love I certainly to hear you see it. talk about that. But the big thing is, is that when I, uh, Pete Bergman was my DO at the time, Director of Operations at Health by Choice, and I kept telling him, you know, we need to get to the place where we can actually be able to do some research because I was always the prove it person. Mm-hmm. Prove it to me. Show yeah. me. Okay. Well, the thing is, in we know what we do works. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go and add to the documented evidence published in peer review literature that we can actually show what is happening. The other thing, in order for that to happen, you need to keep on educating the general public in knowing some very basic priorities. In other words, priority number one is the water that you drink, Mm -hmm. the food that you eat, the exercise you do, and how we think. This is a four-legged stool. I used to think of a three-legged stool, but now I've incorporated it to four legs. It stands better. (laughs) But in other words, understanding that those very basics are not, and there is no one that is exempt from this whole idea because of finances or because of whatever reason, because this is about using what resources you have. Right. Okay. So um, teaching others how to help themselves is something that is so, and then having a way that you can monitor or that a way that you can actually go and um, have a barometer that measures where what progress are you making? Are you heading towards that wellness or is the body breaking down? Because it's not all about dieting, it's not all about uh, doing just whatever the latest rage or thing is it's about going back to basics again it's fantastic so i think a great closing point is where you started which is this always ends up this way but you said that wellness um is important to every leader for sure yes it certainly is because if we're giving off poor energy because we're in a state of whatever anxiety whatever depression yes it goes out, whether we verbally say it to those we're leading, they feel it. That's right. That is very true. They feel it. Mm-hmm. So, yes. well, there's so much I'd like to get into with you, but we're at the end of our time. I just, I'm, I'm just so grateful. I want to say thank you for coming and sharing your wisdom. Um, and for those of you who are interested in just 
being around Dr. Ella or you want to come to Health by Choice Education Research or you want a session, a one-on-one session, um, we'll be adding that to the call to action with the vlog, how to get in touch. Um, So that will be on there. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Find Things. Make it a great day.